Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Um, The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis of the Horn. Back on the Sports Complex here on the Horn. Hour two of the show. We'll get into some Sark press conference audio from today for National Signing Day. Texas didn't sign any players today. He mentions that off the top. It's a little weird to have a press conference when he didn't add any new players, but he talks about the transfers. He talks about the future of the program, all of that. So some good stuff there from Sark. We'll play some of that audio. Uh, we'll also get into some Super Bowl talk, some NFL talk, and, of course, more of your texts. I see your texts coming in. And I want to get to every one of you because I enjoy talking with you. Even if we don't agree, I enjoy the conversation. I think the conversation is healthy for all of us. Even if we don't necessarily agree, we can have the conversation. So I appreciate you guys texting in and texting your thoughts in. And we can keep going through. And we'll keep going. I'll get you one right now. Uh, Text says, your assessment doesn't make any sense. If conditioning is an issue, that's a late game problem. They aren't ready to play. RT is not getting them ready. A couple things in that. One, all the the times I play basketball, uh, a coach talking to me, Never made me ready to play again. I, I mentally and everything. That's all myself. That's that's all me, right? Uh, so I mentally, I don't know what you want him to say before a game. Now, if we want to talk about when I say strength and conditioning, I'm talking about the pregame warmups and all that. That is part of RT's jurisdiction. So we can say that is part of what RT needs to take care of. Is okay. It's it's the same thing as if I go to the gym and and I immediately just go and try and run full speed. It's going to hurt, and it's not going to work well. But if I go, and I ramp up, and I stretch, and I do all that, and I get my legs in, now I can go lift heavier weights. I can do everything better because I did it in the right path, which does fall into RT's purview. That is part of it. Now, that's strength and conditioning. So when I say conditioning, I'm saying strength and conditioning. I'm saying getting you ready to where you feel like you're ready to play in the game and not too tired at the end and feel like you're ready and into it and sweating and have a good ready to go. You're hitting shots. You're not missing everything short. But when I see... Every shot being missed short in the first half, that's legs. Because you're not missing every shot, misjudging it by depth. That that doesn't happen over and over again. That's legs. And legs is, it goes back to strength and conditioning. And whether or not you warded them out too early that day, and then their legs were getting tense, and by the time they sat down, they started to cramp up. And then at halftime, they're able to keep moving around. In the second half, they feel better because they played a half of basketball, but got in a little real uh little uh, course to, to relax and, and get their energy back. I don't know what that is. I'm not any sports science, but I can tell you if you miss all of your shots short, it's, it's, it's because of your legs. That's ju- it's just how it is. And if it's not, you're not shooting right. Uh, and you can, say, uh, you can say it about almost any team, number one score or creator, that is uh, if that play is off, they aren't going to have a great chance to win. Again, it's okay to be critical of RT. I, can, I can't tell you that everyone's number one score is also a liability on defense and rebounding and turnovers. That I can't tell you. And that's what I was saying about Max Aismas. I get if he doesn't score, it's a problem. Yes, and if he, if he again goes over in the first half and again has a really bad first half and only plays 20 minutes of a basketball game and he's a liability in the first half, that I will mention. 
And RT got him open shots. They schemed open ways to get him and Tyrese Hurt, uh, Hunter open shots. They were moving the ball much better after the first or second timeout. And again, they should be able to do it on their way out. I think they were caught off guard by how Iowa State was able to make a little bit more contact with them, which they shouldn't have been, but they were. But that's another point. And I'm not, again, this is not all one person's problem. Clearly, you have these losses. Some of it goes to the coach. To say he's a bad coach because of it, I think is insane. But to say, oh, no, they need to improve these things, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with being critical. And we say, so is it coaching or balling out if our guards figure it out come turning time? If they hit shots, the problem is not balling out and all this stuff doing. It's hitting open shots. They missed open shots. I can't, I don't know, I don't know, like, that's, that. if you want to talk about extraordinary performances, like what Serge Barry Rice and what Dylan DeSue did last night, that's 100% on the player. And you can coach them all you want. You can coach probably 15 to 18 points out of Dylan DeSue. The rest of that is is 100% him. And I'm, when I say coach 15 to 18, I mean that requires Dylan DeSue too. I'm not trying to, I don't want to make it sound like that. But you are part of that first 15 to 18 because you're getting them open. The other extraordinary effort to get more than that, that's on the player. And so I'll say, if if they do figure out and they hit shots, great. Great, because it makes everything else easier. And it makes it easier to coach. Now, if they do that and then they miss it up because they they don't call a timeout or there's a defensive scheme that's wrong or they get into, you know, they the rotation ends up killing them, then, yeah, that's coaching. But if, a, if, if the guards don't make shots in the first half, they neither one of them scores in the first half then I'm going to tell you there's no coaching in the world that can save you from two guards, and you don't have another guard on your bench that you can really put in that scores. IT Horton comes in. He got free throws, but he didn't make a shot either. That's just me. It's my opinion. All right, some for our poll uh, our poll question of the day of what is the best uh, snack for the Super Bowl. Uh, glazed, smoked por- glazed smoked pork belly bites. I like that, Sam Marcus Russ. I like that. Uh I like to make shakes for dessert, and I like a queso for a snack. I'm a big queso guy. I'm not so much a shakes, but that's because I'm a drinker, and I can't do the sweets after you drink, or else it all it doesn't it doesn't end well. If I you know if I'm drinking, I'm not going to be doing the this, but I like it. I like that you have it planned. Uh, my man Chan says uh, I didn't get I didn't watch as I have no Longhorn Network. Uh, what are the options for Texas when the guard shots aren't falling? With the loss, what are our chances of making the tournament? Did Chris J uh, play? Chris Johnson did not play in the game. Uh, he hasn't played in the last few, and it's because they've been in close games and his turnovers have been an issue when he came in. He looked over match. I want to see him in game still. I'd like to see him, uh, but I get why he's not in. I'm also not a head coach in college level, clearly. Uh, <laughs> and love the analysis, big guy. I hope you were polite at the gym this morning. Unwavering uh, hook him. I appreciate it. I, I go to the gym at night, Chan. I'll tell you that. I go after the shows. I go at night. I'm not a morning person. So I do work in the morning. I do some stuff at the house, but I, I don't. I'm, I don't go to the gym at night. Uh, and uh, Spicy soy garlic Korean fried chicken. All right. All right, Chan. I'm with you on that one. Right guy from New Mexico says deep fried bacon wrapped jalapeno poppers. Whew. Y'all making me hungry. I'm, I'm trying not to eat that. You're making me hungry. You're making me hungry. All right. Uh, let's talk a little Texas football. We'll come back to the text sign uh, in just a minute, but let's talk a little Texas football because it was uh, signing day. So Sark gave a press conference. He started off. We won't play the first bit because he was just basically saying, uh, look, we, uh, we we didn't sign anybody. This is the cha- the ever-changing landscape of college football. 
that we are in now that we are at the point where these these signing days or the early signing day is the big one now, and you have to be there if you want to be at the top level. Uh, so we didn't bring anybody today. But he did then talk about the transfers and the new players that were coming in. He says a lot of players are on uh, campus already, and he has some transfer coming in. So he talked about all the transfers. Here's Sark today talking about the list of transfers that he brought in. But most notably, it's a little bit more about some of the transfers that uh, that have come on board uh, since since we've got going. Uh, obviously, Isaiah Bond is here from from Alabama, um, an electric receiver for us, a uh, guy that we recruited hard out of high school, Buford High School in Georgia. Uh, went to Alabama, really had a tremendous year for them this year. Great deep ball player, deep threat elite speed uh we think there's more to his game than just that and so we're looking forward to working with him uh amar nyblack is a, a tremendous uh, pass receiving tight end um that you know with with the loss of jt sanders how do we fill that void um had a tremendous touchdown against us where i think kind of opened a lot of our eyes to what he was capable of um Tia Savea, uh, defensive lineman from Arizona, um, you know, guy Coach Nansen coached uh, at Arizona, 6'4", 305 pounds. Naturally, again, you, you have the void at the interior defensive line. You get a veteran player to fill that. Um, I think Trey Moore is the next young man, um, a guy who, you know, we've been talking a lot about how do we improve our edge pass rush ability? I think we did a lot of that in the high school ranks. You know, Colin Simmons, Zena, those guys. Uh, but to get a Trey Moore, a guy who 13 and a half sacks last season, uh, conference player of the year, guy who we played against two years ago, uh, when you could really see the physicality and the intent of which he played the game. So love having Trey and his veteran experience. Uh, and then Kendrick Blackshire, you know, coming back home from Duncanville. Um, Big physical inside linebacker, where we just we got a void at that position. Jalen uh, moved on to the NFL. Jet Bush moves on. We had a couple transfers. We signed a great class a year ago of five high school linebackers, but you still want some of that veteran leadership on your defense. And so to to bring him on board was big. Um, and then Silas Bolden is the other one who is still at Oregon State. He's going to end up being a grad transfer. He's going to graduate this semester at Oregon State, and then he'll join us in June. Another elite speed receiver for us. Veteran player had a great year last year at Oregon State. So, so there's Sark talking about the transfer changes and who they brought in. Uh, he also talked about the coaching changes and uh, some of the names of new coaching on the staff. You know, uh, one thing we're really proud of here – and going into year four, I've had the same same coordinators on our football team for, for now going into four straight seasons, you know, whether it's Pete Kwiatkowski, Kyle Flood, Jeff Banks. And, and that's, that's critical for stability and continuity on your staff. I've had the same strength coach now, Tori Becton, going for four years. So I think that's big for our players. Uh, but naturally, with success comes opportunities for, for other coaches, okay? And, and, and naturally, we're, we're trying to find the best coaches uh, that fit us culturally, but also um, that can develop players, that have proven to develop players, and that can recruit at a high level. So to bring in Johnny Nansen from Arizona, 
who was their defensive coordinator at Arizona in, in a heck of a turnaround that they had last season. Um, a guy that has worked with me in the past at Washington at USC is, is a huge addition for us. Uh, and then to go identify Kenny Baker uh, from the Miami Dolphins to come and coach the defensive line. Uh, a guy that every person I call to, to ask about can't rave enough about um, the quality of coach that he is, the way he can relate to the players and, and be, be demanding but yet still relate to them so that they can continue to grow. And whether you want to call Mike McDaniel, Chris Greer, all, all of guys that I respect in the profession, uh, couldn't be more excited to have Kenny on board uh, for, for, what he's, for what he, I think, is going to bring to us, not only on the field but also from the recruiting ranks. A little bit more look there, Kenny, the new defensive tackle coach and uh, defensive line and, and, you know, talking about those guys and, and, you know, giving you a little insight on why they were hired. Uh, also, they made some changes in the recruiting department. As you know, Ole Miss stole their director of recruiting uh, or took or the director of recruiting went to Ole Miss. We shouldn't say stole, but uh, he went to Ole Miss. So they have re- re- uh, renegotiated, re-sorted. Uh, repositioned the uh, recruiting staff. Uh, here's uh, Sark's talk about uh, the re- the recruiting. De- uh, all right, let's slow down. Let's say these words. We'll get them out. I promise. It's getting late in the day. Uh, the recruiting department changes. We'll say it here from Sark this morning. Yeah, we made some, we made some kind of adjustments in our recruiting department. Um, like I said, you have to be adaptable in this day and age of, of college football. And, uh, I, I think now more than ever, we've got to make sure that, that we've got a strong foundation in place in that department. Uh, so to promote Brandon Harris to general manager, John Michael Jones to director of player personnel, Taylor Searles to director of recruiting, and Kendall Perry to director of recruiting operations, I think keeps the foundation of our recruiting department where it needs to be. Um, and we're probably not going to be done in that department, just so you all know, there's probably going to be a couple more additions uh, to that department. I think now more than ever, because of high school recruiting, the portal recruiting, the relationships we need to have uh, with the families uh, is critical. But couldn't be more excited for, for those four uh, and what they've given to the program and their time here and the, the opportunity to reward them, I think, is, is the way I would love to hire. I would love to hire from within. I, I think that that's given people an opportunity for growth in your program, and, and all of them have, have definitely done that. So. So there's a kind of the outline of what the offseason has held uh, for Texas, that these are the changes within the staff, in the players, the transfer portal. Uh, you know, he's mentioned, and then that was all kind of during his opening statement, gave a couple dates coming up. They'll be starting practice, I believe, March 19th, uh, and then April 21st, maybe. I don't have it written down right in front of me. Uh, will be the spring game, but, you know, mid-March, mid-April will be your uh, start of spring practice and then the spring game. Uh, and then he also got to take some questions, and we got to talk a little bit about, of course, what you have to talk about, and it ends the question with who's your starting quarterback, but about Quinn and Arch coming back after another year, uh, what that means for the program. Here's what Sark had to say about his quarterbacks. Yeah, no, I, I think it was big for Quinn. Um, you know, I, I think pretty easy to see from the naked eye the development that Quinn made from year one to year two. Uh, I don't think that Quinn was was a finished product yet, um, and I think there's there's plenty of room for for growth and improvement in in development in his game going into year three. 
And I think naturally, you know, when you turn on, um, you know, you get into the college football playoff and you, and you look at the team that beat us, that was a six-year senior quarterback, right, that, that played at a really high level in that game. And so um, I do think his experience, his maturity are all going to be things that he can benefit from. We're going to need his leadership. Right, we've got we've got some new faces on the offensive side of the ball, especially at the skill positions, uh, where his leadership is going to be very important. Um, and assuming the real face of of Longhorn football, right, for for a year, where we lost a lot of the faces, right, a lot of the faces, a lot of the names we've been talking about for for a few years now have moved on. And and so now you know him him kind of taking those reins and, and and understanding what that is is going to be big, I think for Arch is continuing on the path that he's been on. Uh, I, I referenced it last year, kind of middle of the season about the growth that he really started to take there in the second half of the season, all the way up until the you know, the, the the Sugar Bowl there. So. Um, Again, my my idea, especially at the quarterback position, I just don't want to hurry up and get a guy on the field. I want to make sure when he gets on the field that he plays great football. And that's a little easier to do as you start to move and you get into year four of your program as opposed to year one and you're just trying to get the best guy out there to give yourself a chance. Uh, but I think Arch has got an extremely bright future. Uh, we're very fortunate to, to, uh, to have him on our roster. He's got great leadership skills, got a great skill set. So um, those two guys are going to be big for us next fall. So the job's not open, right? No, Quinn, Quinn's our starter. <laughs> so the job's not open. No, Quinn's the starter. We'll not go into another uh, off season of of uh, of who could be who could it be? It's an open competition. Now, Quinn's got it. He's coming back. He's coming back to be the starter. No surprise there. But you know, talking about the progress, and he says too in there, Arch is going to be a big part. We know uh, it, it's hard to play an entire season of football. You're going to the SEC where they're going to be coming after and headhunting. Arch will be a big part of next season and what he does as that number two. Uh, quarterback, but that also brings up the question about wide receivers and going into that and your targets downfield with so many different players. And uh, and he, Sark was asked a couple different questions. I'll play for you here about the wide receiver position. First is about the sophomore wide receivers, that big freshman wide receiver class that came in last year. Uh, and you know you have those guys. How are they going to mix in with the transfers? And how do you find a place where it's an even ground where? You know the young players are able to step up and, and be a part of the program uh, and show your your you know you can grow from recruiting, not lose those guys to the transfer portal, but also be able to have a productive staff. Here's what uh, Sark had to say about the young wide receivers on this team already. Um, well, I, I think it's this. I, I think that hey, we're always trying to field the best team we can we can field. Um, again, every player we recruit onto our roster here. We have an expectation that that they're going to contribute to our team and to our team's success. Um, how far they take it remains to be seen. Uh, but the three guys that are coming back in 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 uh, Jonte Cook, DeAndre Moore, and Ryan Niblett are are they are all very very talented young players. Uh, or we wouldn't have recruited them. They they've got size, they've got speed, they've got ball skills, um, and their future is very bright. And but but to think I was going to go into a season with three scholarship receivers that that would have been malpractice, okay? So I, I've got to I've got to try to fill our roster up with enough depth at that room 
at any position that and in that case that room to where there's competition because in me in my opinion competition brings out the best in all of us but also having some experience um, I think we were returning eight career catches at the receiver room as well. So the idea that I was able to go get three high-level starting receivers from good programs that can come and contribute to make up that room, um, I think is going to be beneficial for, for us in the fall. So that's a little bit more of an explanation of how you use the young guys in there. But another question was asked, I believe, by Joe Cook, a uh, friend of the show, that he, was at, he asked about, you know, you've kind of had your set roles for the wide receivers for Texas. And, you know, Xavier Worthy did what he, you know, Jay Witt was in his slot and you had uh, 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 A.D. Mitchell on his. So if you have those guys in their slots, now with these different course of com- players coming in and some of these guys are more versatile, especially the young guys that you've kind of trained everywhere, how are you going to be able to, are you going to be able to use guys and move them around more to kind of give different looks to players? And we know it is still, we're talking about this in February. So it is not, you know, he, the, the game plan has not been set. But here's what Sark had to ask, uh, say when he was asked about moving wide receivers around a little bit more than he was able to do uh, last season. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful of that. You know, again, we, we are going to have to figure this whole thing out. Uh, and that's the fun part as a coach, right? Um, you know, how far, how much growth can, can the three kids coming back you know how far can they take this? You know from from Niblet, DeAndre, and Jonte, and 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 what are they going to look like? And they they all three last year we trained them at all three positions, and so we we didn't ever want to make them one dimensional players. So they got trained that way. Uh, the three transfers coming in are really versatile guys. Um, you know Matthew Golden's probably a little bit more physical. Uh, than, than Isaiah and Silas. But, again, all playmaking ability, all have cut a, a ton of balls. Uh, and then we've got the high school kids coming in that, that I think are all unique in their own way. Obviously, you, the, the, the size of Wingo and, and Parker is probably a little different than the other guys. But, um, you know, the athleticism of Freddie and the speed of Aaron, I mean, I think that, that whole group, that room is going to be really solid. And, again, we've just got to find that right group of guys uh, by the time September rolls around. And so, um, you know, Coach Jackson, myself, Coach Milley, you know, that we're the three, you know, kind of primary guys that work with that group of identifying strengths, working on weaknesses, and then, and then fielding a unit uh, that, that can play at a really high level that I think they're capable of. So that's where we're looking at wide receiver, trying to figure it out. It's going to take over spring. I think the spring game will be interesting to see where he lines up, guys. That'll be fun, something fun to watch. But that's still a few months away when we get to that. But it'll be one thing to put on your your notes to remember in April in the spring game. Where do guys line up? Does he move them around? Does he show them in different positions? Or does everybody line up in their same spots? Uh, one more interesting thing I'll play because we'll run out of time. But I will tell you, I'll be on the morning show tomorrow. Uh, going with them. I'm sure we'll talk more about this there. We may play more clips tomorrow morning. So uh, you can tune in tomorrow morning. I'll be part of that. And uh, we'll be playing more clips. I know I've already sent it to the guys, the clips I've cut up. So... Uh, we can get to that, but I'll get to one more before uh, we got to take our break. Uh, and it was about defensive tackles and basically saying, you know, you have a new coach uh, to Vondre Sweat and Byron Murphy are now are both going to the NFL. How is your defensive tackle position going to be next season? And where are expectations for this position? That was one of your best pieces last season, if not your best piece. 
now that you've got another season on, how are you uh, expecting to build that, and where are you expecting that to be? Here's Sark talking about the defensive tackle position. You know, a lot of these, a lot of these new faces on the defensive line have. Um... You know, Melvin Hills isn't here yet, um, in, in we'll get him here in June. Uh, naturally, having Alex January here now uh, is very beneficial. Having Tia Savea here now, having some of our younger players watch and monitor in their growth, the Sadir Mitchell, the Aaron Bryants of the world. Um, we still have Alfred Collins back. We have Vernon Broughton back. Um, I'm, I'm sure I'm leaving somebody out here. But in the end, that group as a whole, that's the process that we're underway, and it's probably a little early to to comment on exactly where each guy's at. Um, but I do think that that room's going to be a strength of ours. You know, those, those those two guys were so good a year ago, and we're talking about two potential first round picks. You know, I mean, how many how many teams have that? The, we've got some really talented players in the room now, and that's part of building a program and developing a program and not having to throw a guy out there as a true freshman but letting him develop um, as the other guys are playing. But I also think depth is now more than ever in college football uh, paramount. Um, The reason being, with the expanded college football playoff, you're looking at 16, 17-game schedule, right? You're closing in on an NFL schedule. And so to make sure that we have the depth in place at numerous positions, not just the defensive line, and playing some of these guys earlier in games, earlier in their career, uh, something that we, we evolved to last year, we were playing upwards of 30, 32 guys in the first half of games, uh, I think is going to be big for us. Uh, because the last thing we want to have happen is you're in the second round of the playoffs. If, if we're fortunate enough to make it there, a guy gets injured, and now you got to put a kid out there who hadn't played all year. And so we're going to have to adapt to that, and we're going to have to adapt to, to playing more people uh, and, and, and what that looks like and how we develop those rotations in the right way. It's an interesting point there of you know trying to – believing that you're going to be playing 16, 17 games every year, that you're going to be in that conversation, you know, how to judge that balance of getting guys some playing time and getting them ready in case you need them. You know, in case of emergency break glass, you need to have those guys ready, though, uh, instead of kind of just hoping you can get through it. It's more and more paramount uh, to training up your your bench players and getting them ready if they need to be in that position. But that's also start continuing to build this roster uh, in year four now, uh, just continuing to build and continuing to build and, and depth on depth and trying to not lose too much attrition to uh, – to the transfer portal, keep bringing young guys and, and trying to get those guys up to speed as fast as you can. Uh, there's a lot more stuff. He talked for 45 minutes today, so we can't play it all today. We may play some tomorrow, too. We'll play some on the morning show tomorrow as well. Uh, but I want to get back to the text line. So 512-447-3776 and join the conversations that we're having, even if I seem like I'm getting heated. I enjoy the conversations. Uh, we're talking men's basketball and the loss to Iowa State last night. We're talking NBA trade deadline. We're talking uh, Super Bowl. We don't have much time to get into that, but if you want to talk Super Bowl, have that. And our poll of the day today, what is the best snack for Super Bowl, uh, whether it's by yourself or a party? What is your go-to? What is the best one? What's the one you say this is what it goes for? We've had a lot of good suggestions. making me hungry. I want to give people some suggestions of what to bring to their party. Uh, We'll get back to the text now. We come back here on the Sports Complex in the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on The Horn. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. Electric word, life, it means forever, and that's a mighty long time. But I'm here to tell you, there's something else. The afterworld. Well, the never-ending happiness. You can always see the sun, day or night. So when you call up that shrink in Beverly Hills, you know the one. Doctor, everything will be alright. Back on the Sports Complex here on the Horn. Just want to let that play. Just want to let that play. Playing artists who have played the Super Bowl halftime show. Of course, Prince. Probably the best. Probably the best. I mean, I'm, I'm probably, I'm, for me, the best. Maybe you have a different opinion. Maybe you got someone else. I love Prince's show. The rain and the purple rain. Oh, it's just, it's just beautiful. Just beautiful. Text signs open. 512-447-3776. 512-447-3776 is the text line. If you guys want to hop on there, talk Texas basketball, talk Texas football, talk Cowboys, talk Texans, talk NBA trade deadline, any of that, send it in. Or the poll of the day. What is your go-to? What is the best? What is the one you would say you got to try this for the Super Bowl? The Super Bowl snacks, the Super Bowl feast. What do you have? What are you doing there? Uh, Tech says, uh, not disagreeing with you on Texas basketball, but you do sound like George Costanza opposite approach to picking up women. I believe this is for my take of uh, the strength and conditioning and changing up your, your routine before the game because clearly it's not working. Whatever you're doing before home games is not working. It's not really working in most games, but it's definitely not working at home games. Uh, and, and I will just say it worked, and it worked for George. It worked for George. I know if, if it works on TV, that must be real life. <laughs> but I, I, that's all I'm saying. It's a work for George. And it says, I still blame Shaka Smart. I, I, you know what? I like Shaka Smart as a person. I just, this was not the right job for him. He was, this was not the right place for him. Uh, there was a lot of politics that he did not necessarily want to take part of uh, that was around the program that eventually ended up where I was, uh, it was harder and harder for him to exist in the, the landscape. And, uh, you know, once you start kind of going down that hill, and this is with everybody, and this is one of those big things that we can say about RT. About anything else you want to say, the recruiting is still on point. And normally when you tell a coach, when it's time to start letting him down, what happened with Mac Brown? The coaching seemed to go down, but it wasn't a problem until the recruiting went down. When there's no players, well, now there's a bigger problem. With Tom Herman, the recruiting started to go down. Okay, now there's a problem. 
with with uh, with back, with Rick Barnes, the recruiting started to go down. Okay, now there's a problem with Shaka Smart. The recruiting started to go down. Okay, now there's a problem. So you can want to nip it in the bud early, but if you keep doing that to your program, you'll just destroy your program overall. Just keep switching coaches. Uh, so you do want to give RT, and I notice they are now saying it's the second year. They're really going for it to try and expedite the process. Next year is going to be a crapshoot to see how they build. You assume it's going to be a much younger team next season than it is this season, but we'll see if they bring in who enters the transfer portal. That's another piece is you just got to see who actually enters the transfer portal and wants to stay in the, you know, wants to stay and play with you. But yeah, it's going to be a very different team next season. Uh, Nate says, uh, what is the tournament past the NIT? There, there was one. I don't know if it's still there. I would believe is the UI is like the, the ULI or UIL or something like that, or, we played in it one year. I know we played in it, lost in the first round to Houston. It was depressing. It was depressing. <laughs> but that was I can't remember what it's called. But there is another there is another tournament. I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head though. And pulled pork sliders. Yep. All right. I'm with you on pulled pork sliders. Put out the pulled pork. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. All the toppings. Oh yeah. I'm with you on that one, Nate. I'm with you. Uh, Texter says halftime show is going to be stupid. I'm not saying it's going to be stupid. I just don't think it's for me. I think I'm just going to be a grumpy old man. I'm pretty sure the people I'm hanging out with are not going to be grumpy old men about it, too. Uh, I, I'm pretty open. I've, if it's not for me, I don't care. You know, Not everything has to be designed specifically for me. Uh, I'm not that type of person, but uh, I do. I Look, I got, we, got a, we got a good one last year. This one, you know, it's not for me. It's for the ladies. The ladies love, ladies love their Ursher. Uh, and says chicken wings and grilled shrimp. All right. All right. Chicken wings and grilled shrimp. I'm with you. I'm with you. Throw that all on the grill. Do you slow cook the wings? I like to slow cook my wings. If you put them out there, maybe put them out early and just go out and check on them every once in a while. Get them done by halftime, but let them really cook for the whole time. Let them in there. Maybe maybe a baste on there. Make sure you got you to gotta get there that seasoning on beforehand. Oh, you can make some good old wings. Uh, Texter says, uh, oh, we, got the, we already read that one. All right, how about this one? Uh, Cunningham is analog in peach baskets to these kids. They are not listening to him. Uh, and I, I think they are listening to him somewhat, but I think, but it's just, you know, he's kind of, I, I don't know if he's the leader that they would necessarily want to go to. And from Max Acemas, Max Acemas is an older guy too. Like he's been around. So I, I don't know. I think there may be a split too of the younger guys coming in and they kind of want to listen to the Sioux, but he was hurt early in the season and then, you know, you're going in, Brock Cunningham's a guy, but maybe he's a little harsh on some of these young guys and trying to get them in. I, I, don't, I really don't know what the dichotomy in the locker room is of who's listening to who, but it doesn't feel like there's that dynamic leader of the guy who everyone wants to follow. It doesn't necessarily feel like there's that guy this year. Uh, and last year, I think there was more that, you know, it, it, Timmy Allen was a guy that a lot of guys went to. Uh, and you know, and you know, Serge Barry Rice was somebody that a lot of people respected. Uh, I, I just don't know if that's there, but it, it could be. I can't say it's not because I'm not in the locker room. Uh, Tex says, "My apologies. The nuances are, I'm trying to convey aren't are, isn't working unless I write a memoir." Yeah, I, I get that. It's sometimes hard on the text line. Uh, I appreciate you having the conversation. Uh, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to agree that I think that he's ruining the home. He's, he's the issue of why they're not hitting shots at home that he's getting in their head so much. I think they're getting in their own heads, but you know, it's a, it's a team game, but the coaching and basketball on the court and, and in the back, it may not be as much of, you know, the mental part of it. You know, that's, I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to say this either, but it, it, 
I, I don't know if there's a place where these guys are going to get psyched out because they're mad that, that they're worried about Coach Terry. I think they're much more worried about going online and having people on the t- you know go on Twitter or go on Instagram and tell them that they suck and they, they hate them and they wish they'd never come here. I think they're more worried about that. Or having someone in the crowd yell at them. I think they're they're mad. They they're all people that are you know want to be the best. And every shot you miss in basketball in a game, it hurts a little bit, and it's hard to get past that and move forward. Those are all things that it, you know you have to work in coaching to get over them. But that's not not enjoying the game. Uh, Texter says Texas fans are killing their coach, but seems to me like the players are overrated. When is Texas ever won anything in basketball and wings to the best next? Texas is okay. They're a good team. I I, I would say that I'm not going to say they're overrated because they're not ranked right now. I think they were. I think our expectations of what some of these players were going to bring to the program were was a lot more Kool Aid than it was a reality, and that's more of where we're at. Where we know that if those guys show up, but they have shown now they're more likely to not play 40 minutes of a game than they are. That the, the numbers are now showing in Big 12 play against top opponents. We take out that non-conference, and you take out the weaker opponents that couldn't play defense and didn't have the size and didn't have the talent. That There are some of these players that just are not being able to hang in the Big 12 right now and play at that level. And so it's not. I'm not saying they're overrated. I think we we projected them too highly. That's on me as a media person. That's on... Uh, whoever's going out and predicting that they're going to do that, I think that's more of what the issue is. And so, again, expectations are the key to happiness, that if you manage your expectations, you can go through life a lot better. And with Texas, we were expecting this to be a team to make another Elite Eight run, and I don't know if that's where we should have set the bar this season with just with the stat, with the people that were there. I get why I wanted to. I was one of the people who said, all right, let's go back and attack. Uh, but with the guys that are there, I'm not sure that's going to happen. Uh, Daydrinker77 says, Bacon Wrap Little Smokes. All right. All right. Uh, Prince and Petty were the best. Yeah, Tom Petty was really good, too. I I, I think it's, if it rained on Tom Petty and he had a song with rain in the title, he may get it. But I'm giving it to, I'm giving the edge to Prince because of the rain. That That is – and the line that was apparently, whether there's a myth or not, the line that was uh, – uh, can you – when they said, unfortunately, it's raining, he said, can you make it rain harder? Yeah. I don't even know if it happened, but it's a great line. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. We'll come back, wrap up the rest of the text messages, uh, get through uh, to wrap you up with the show and get you set up for the rest of the night here on the Sports Complex in the Horn 1019 and 1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com. The Sports Complex of the Horn. Last call. So either hook up now or go home and take care of yourselves. To alcohol. The cause of and solution to all of life's problems. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Bring a pitcher of beer every seven minutes till somebody passes out. And then bring one every ten minutes. I'm very drunk and I intend getting still drunker before the evening's over. All right, wrapping things up here on the sports complex. Doing some house cleaning here. All right. Uh, getting you ready for a uh, hopefully a good uh, Wednesday night. You're all we're, we're over halfway through the week. We're getting closer and closer to, to Super Bowl. A couple last texts we get in there. CBI, yes, a couple of you texted in. CBI is the name of the tournament. It's basic, but you can never go wrong with chips and queso. Thank you, Brandon R. And thank you, R. Dub and Bevo JK for the CBI tournament. I could not remember what it was. I could not remember, but I knew what it was. 
Jan says, uh, this team will defeat Abilene Christian uh, guaranteed. Hook them forever. I appreciate that, Jan. Uh, and when have we ever won anything? What a dumb question. Literally just won the Big 12 tournament last year and made a deep run in the tournament. I get that. I think the bigger question is when have we won consistently as a basketball program, which there's been a few times, but it is usually, you know, we have a run and then we, we saw, you know, you get a setback. That's a lot of what college basketball is, too. Uh, we can go into it more. We'll talk about it more tomorrow. I'll be on the morning show tomorrow if you want to tune in, uh, but I'll be back in the afternoon as well. Pulling double duty tomorrow. We'll bring it back on the Sports Complex. Until then, be kind, be safe, keep your underwear clean. See you right back here tomorrow, Sports Complex.